0: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your off-season home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about baseball for Bleed Cubby Blue and Baseball Prospectus.
1: Hey guys, I'm Andy Cruz-Vanisek, and I am like a kid in a candy store right now. Yay!
0: <laughs> I know, I'm so excited for you to come visit me.
1: I can't wait. It feels like it's going to be forever, but I have so much to do before then. So I really, I have to be productive over the next like 24 hours.
0: I know, same. I was literally just telling a friend that I can't hang out tomorrow because I have to make sure everything's ready for you to come visit. So speaking of people, we are finally here. It is CubsCon week. Andy is coming to Chicago to visit me late on Thursday night. And we're pretty thrilled to have a special guest here to take us behind the scenes a little bit on CubsCon. Michael Bowling is here from the Cubs YouTube channel. Uh, Michael, welcome and thank you for joining us today.
2: I'm happy to do it. This is awesome. Uh, we spoke about uh, me hopping on the podcast at, at social media night and I've been looking forward to this for a while. So yeah, happy to be on. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I'm going to jump right in because I always kind of kick things off with this question. And um, for our listeners, we kind of want them to to have an idea where your love of baseball comes from. So if you would, would you share with us your first or favorite baseball memory? And if you want both, because we we love to know the baseball side of things. And then we also need to know who your favorite 2019 Chicago Cubs player is.
2: Okay, so my first memory of baseball, I... I remember coming to a game and there's a picture on my Instagram somewhere way back in the day, but I'm wearing like this, I'm like five years old and my head is enormous. And I'm sitting (laughs) in the bleachers because my parents (laughs) took me to the game. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this is just so loud here. Like it, it was just like raucous. And I had no idea like who was even in the game and I didn't obviously know much because I was so young, but I just remember loving Wrigley field because it was so loud and everyone seemed to be so into it. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where it began. I mean, I started playing baseball when I was four, so I've always loved the game and I've played, you know, it's taken me a lot of places, which I'm very blessed to have uh, the experiences that I've had so far, but my favorite baseball memory, I think, It's going to be a sad one because it's the one that sticks out the most when I was 12 years old or 13 and the Cubs lost uh, to the Marlins in the playoffs. And I remember going home and crying and my mom saying I could miss school because people were going to I was worried that White Sox fans were going to make fun of me. But that really I mean, I really always say that as my memory because it really made me like really buy in on the Cubs at 13. I kind of understood like. Hey, you know, I want to play in high school. I want to do this and, you know, hopefully play professionally one day. That was like the dream. And that was when I really started to dig in. I was watching like sports center every night and really starting to gravitate to some of the players. Um, you know, Sammy Sosa was my favorite player growing up. He was like a superhero for me. So that's kind of one of my really, you know, vivid baseball memories. Cause it really is when I, I really started to lock in and, and understand the game and, and, now here I am, I'm doing my dream job. So yeah, that's kind of uh, my best baseball memory.
0: Yeah, so I was just going to say, you didn't quite make it to be a professional baseball player, but you kind of got the next best thing. It must be so cool to cre- create content for the Cubs YouTube channel. How did that happen? How'd you get started with that?
2: So back in 2014, um I was picked to do the MLB fan cave and represent the Cubs, which to that point in my life was like the biggest thing that, that ever happened. And, you know, I was shocked that they selected me. And that was as I was starting to like turn down the street of my career where I wanted to do content. I got a multimedia journalism uh, degree at Lewis university. So that was huge for me. And, you know, I got to see, you know, behind the scenes of, how MLB creates content and, you know, posting videos to blogs and doing short, funny content for the website and whatnot and Twitter and Facebook. And so that's kind of how I got into the industry. And, you know, I got to meet a few people over at Cubs then. um, And, you know, we tried to, they tried to like pushed me in and I was like, I don't know if I want to do sales because I'm really bad at it. (laughs) But so I kinda like passed on the opportunity to just like get my foot in the door. And, you know, I worked in production at 120 Sports and, you know, the years go by and I've kind of just like kept contacts. And finally I was on vacation um lat well now two Christmases ago and I got a, a message on LinkedIn about this Cubs position and I interviewed and interview process was like nine months long but it was so worth it and here I am you know I, I never thought that it would be you know I never thought the job that I would have for the Cubs is the one that I actually just like really wanted like the dream job and it just t- you know it's a testament to like hard work pays off patience is a virtue and you know I could have ended up in another avenue with the Cubs that might not be as fun as the one I'm in now so um, I'm very blessed and, and I'm hoping that you know, I can stay young looking enough, long enough so I can do it for a while. (laughs) Michael,
1: I I mean, I've met you in person. I don't think that's going to be a problem for many, many, many years. So I think you're good there.
2: (laughs) I really appreciate that. That's very good to hear.
1: And i have to I have to share because Sarah and I did get to hang out with him at Social media night, and I'm sure many of you guys remember us talking about him, and um we both have many exchanges with him on Twitter. He is and you can hear him smile like when he's talking and like but he's so charismatic he and you're just drawn to him, so if you ever have the opportunity to walk up and meet him, do it because he's one of those people that will keep you laughing and smiling and just like from beginning to end when we hung out with you, we just had a blast and you're definitely somebody that we both agreed we needed to work with at some point. So like, great guy. If you have a chance to meet him, definitely do it. But I have to stop you, Michael, because I need your favorite 2019 Cubs player.
2: Okay. So I, I really, really, I mean, this is tough. Cause
0: you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> from, Andy's from my, well, not really. I mean, the first five minutes.
2: <laughs> Um, I would say my favorite player from last year's team was Wilson Contreras. Yes. just because.
0: Podcast over. He's like Sorry. the
2: hell. He's like the hellraiser, <laughs> and he's like he's like the the enforcer, and you don't want to mess with him. He's he's the catcher, so he's involved in every play, and you know he shuts down the run game. And he had, he had a hell of a year, and I think he's only going to get better. Um, I think that the Cubs as an organization kind of needed a little bit of that. You know, over the years, it's been like lovable losers. And you go to Wrigley because it's a party and you want to drink. But, you know, ever since we've got Wilson, it seems like on the field, we're not going to take any crap and you can't throw at our guys. And he's going to be the one that's always fired up about everything. And I think that the MLB as a whole needs a lot more of that. Just bravado and flair. And, and Javi brings a lot of that. But just having Wilson behind the plate and managing the bull, you know, the pitchers and the bullpen is, is huge. Having a, a catcher that can hit 30 homers in a season and throw out 50 guys on the bases is a is a huge luxury so I would say Wilson was probably my favorite player from last year
0: thus concludes the 58th episode no I'm just kidding (laughs) 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 I'm like you did that on purpose didn't you Michael
2: (laughs) I did not so 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 2019 is it's this year this past year was struggle I think for a lot of fans and you know I said after 2016 like I wasn't gonna let on the field stuff like stress me out too much and now we're getting to that point where like you know we do want more and, and we're expecting big things from the team so you know I I guess he was my favorite player from last season I think my favorite current cub is Chris Bryant and you know I know his name's been tossed around a lot lately which kind of hurts my heart because if you really look at the numbers and really dig in, he has a chance to be the greatest Cub of all time. And and I think that that's something that needs to be thought about seriously when people are saying like, get him out of here and he doesn't want to be here and you know, all that crap. I, I have a really, really love hate relationship with Cubs Twitter sometimes. Cause I think people just go off the rails and they don't have very much going on. So they just want to dig in the rumors and just talk trash. But, I think people forget that these guys are, are regular people and Chris Bryan has Twitter and he sees it. And I'm sure it's, it's not great for him to see people saying that they want him out of here when he's done so much for this organization in just a few short years.
0: I definitely I couldn't agree with that more. I think yeah, that seriously. one of the things Andy and I've talked about on cup of cubby blue before is Cubs Twitter is not
2: representative
0: <laughs> The best opinion. Yeah, it's
2: not representative of like everyone, like the whole group. Yeah, and I think the funny thing is, I think it's a lot like the the game experience. You know, like you go to you go to games, and some people are there for, you know, just to be in the bleachers and see how many beers they can drink. Some people are there to keep the score and enjoy like the organ and the the surroundings. And there's little subsections of Cubs fandom, and you know, you really get to see that come to light on Twitter because some people just really have an agenda and they're trying to get clicks and retweets and say crazy things, but I don't feel like a lot of people mean what they say or they don't really think about what they're putting out into the universe and it never gets deleted. I'm keeping receipts for a lot of people. Of
1: it, so. <laughs> tell them, Michael, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: going to lead them. the positivity wave from here on out. <laughs> well,
0: Which is a, which is a virtual wave, not a literal wave. Cause there's no wave at really yeah. people. Yeah, just just no, clarifying.
2: Never. Go ahead, Andy. There's no way no anywhere. I'm, I'm
1: driving the positivity bus many times, so you're this is you're in the right place for that. Um, I I. So I want to I want to change gears just a little bit because obviously this is a big week for many Cubs fans and I don't know if I've told you this Michael but this is my very first Cubs con. So this experience this week is going to be crazy and you're going to get to see it through the eyes of somebody who's never seen it before which I think is probably fun for some people, <laughs> especially somebody like me because I'm already high energy and then you throw me into something like this it's going to be crazy. So Tell us a little bit about what this weekend is going to look like for you and what goes on behind the scenes and, and some things that the everyday fan won't get to see that you partake in and you prepare for us.
2: So I think the main thing, and, you know, I've, you might be surprised to, to hear that I haven't gone to a ton of Cubs conventions in the last few years, just because I think that the, the energy is sometimes a little misguided with the grown men who are pushing over kids for (laughs) autographs so expect a little (laughs) bit of that but um no it it is a wild week I know that I know that a lot of people over at Cubs have been preparing for months and you know getting the venue and they've added a new venue at Lowe's for a special Saturday uh event that's going to be like a lot of live tapings of some of the shows that have been on YouTube um so that's kind of where I'll be on Saturday but know there's a lot of moving parts there there's you know booking time for the players and making sure they're in the right place you know for autographs or panels and you know it's a lot of it's a big commitment for the players and sometimes I think the people that attend it don't realize that you know this offseason is not very long for some of these players and they really do have to give up some of their time to to entertain and and answer questions so you know, if you're a person that's going to be at Cubs convention and you have an agenda to like, you know, ask crappy questions and we all know what those questions are, you know, kind of step back and think about, you know, how much these guys are sacrificing because the season is super long. Right. So, you know, getting them into Chicago when they would rather be on a beach somewhere warm <laughs> for the last couple of days of off season, um, you know, it's 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 a commitment. So. You yeah, know, the social team will be all over the place. There'll be, you know, a couple people in every corner of this thing and just recording, you know, on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever it is, you know, it's all hands on deck. And it's going to be a wild weekend. Like I said, I'll be stationed at Lowe's on Saturday uh, for some of the tapings, and I'm really looking forward to it. You know, if you guys are going to be over there at all, you know, there's a, a couple panels of of some pretty high – uh Pretty high leverage players. So if you wanna swing by, I'll be over there asking questions. We're doing a taping of Stretcher Knowledge, which is the uh trivia show that I hosted on on YouTube. So if you come over and answer some questions right, you know, you might get a, a sweet prize. Never know.
0: As long as I don't have to compete against Crawley, because we all know that trying to beat Crawley at Cubs Trivia is out of control.
2: Uh. <laughs> well, the thing about the thing about that is it's just gonna be a wild weekend and I would pack Red Bull or Coke or whatever (laughs) you got to (laughs) do. Coca-Cola. Black
0: coffee over here. Yeah, actually,
2: exactly. Black coffee will work.
0: I think you just alluded to my answer for the next question, but I just want to make sure fans know how to find you all. So if I'm a fan, I'm going to CubsCon, and I want to hang out with you over at Lowe's to watch some of these tapings, which I think would just be so incredibly fun. Um, how do I, is there anything special that I need to do to do that? Or can I just show up?
2: So I think if you have an all access pass for the weekend, you're allowed to go everywhere. But for this year specifically, I think it's the first year they're doing this. If you didn't want to commit for the entire weekend, they were allowing people to just buy tickets specifically for the Saturday Lowe's experience. So as long as you have an all access pass, you can go everywhere. Um, and we're going to start around 10 o'clock on Saturday morning um so yeah i mean that's where you'll find me i'll probably station there until the early afternoon and then i'm off saturday night so i think i might be hanging with you guys later that evening hopefully if that's still yeah happening. Nice. <laughs>
0: unconventional with us right
2: can't wait oh awesome.
0: my gosh that's gonna be so fun yeah i'm gonna jump in for one second with some reminders about unconventional because that was a nice little segue there uh if you didn't listen to cup of cubby blue number 57 First off, go back and listen to that because it was also awesome. But uh, Unconventional is a party happening at the G-Man Tavern on Saturday night. You do not need to have a Cubs Compass to be there, but Andy and I will be there. We're doing a live podcast there with our friends from the Sunranto Show and Ivy Envy. The Bleacher Bum Band is playing. The Ivy Envy Band is playing, and I forget what their name is. They're new, and they sound awesome. Um, and it sounds like Michael Bowling is going to be there to hang out as well. It's going to be a really nice collection of your favorite Cubs Twitter people, kind of like Social Media Night, but in January in Chicago. So yeah, come hang out with it'll us. It'll
2: be like it'll be like Social Media Turnabout. If if uh, Social Media Night was so, uh, Cubs Twitter Prom, this will be the Turnabout, I guess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Winter formal? Yes, I like it. Yep. I like it. Um, okay, Michael, all the things I want to talk about, um, you guys kind of re did like a little bit of a rebrand, I guess, on the Chicago Cubs YouTube channel this past summer, and it was so well done. And there's so many, like you said, there's so many different, um, shows, if you will on it now. And I feel like there is every week that they release something that's usually like a compilation of something Cubs. Is it weekly pretty much that it's
2: released? You know, so now I think you will see a, a, an uptick in, you know, more consistent weekly posting or, you know, by by monthly or whatever it is like, you know, there's going to be much more content coming through YouTube. Um, I know there's a, a big push to get a lot of stuff shot over spring training um, because that's when they have a lot of time with the guys. So um, you'll probably see a, a quite a bit more content coming through on the YouTube channel this year.
1: Well, and on that same, on that same line, I know you guys film a lot more than what actually makes it on to this, these different programs, but, and I know you've had some pretty cool experiences with this since you guys relaunched this past summer. And, you know, a a few of the folks that we get to see this weekend were part of that too at social media night. That was so well done. You guys did such a great job with that. But out of all the things that you filmed this past summer and you guys put together, what was one of your favorite moments or something that stuck out to you as as kind of redefining um, Cubs YouTube? And, and like you said, I think it's so cool that they finally let that go and realized that was something that each team needed to be in charge of. But what was something for you that really made that great like re-first impression?
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that I've, loved the most was getting a chance to just meet and work with Gary Um, Pressey. He's one of my, you know, my grandma loved the Oregon and and a lot of family members of mine that are Cubs fans love that like old school feel when you get to the ballpark, you hear the Oregon and I'd never had a chance to meet Gary. So when I found out that he was going to be our Cubs mastermind, I was like really pumped up actually, because he's a legend here. And you know, he's, he retired. So he, he obviously won't be, Unless we'd get him for a special guest appearance, he, he won't be doing stretcher knowledge anymore. But, you know, we got to shoot with um, him and uh, James, Hol- James Holzhauer, who's the Jeopardy wizard, and they went head to head. And uh, Gary actually beat him, which I thought was <laughs> awesome that's incredible because you, you watch this guy on jeopardy and he's insane like he knows everything the answer to everything and he's actually a cubs fan i think he's from naperville he said but yes yeah
1: he, yeah. he, he
2: grew up he grew up loving the cubs so I, you know i thought gary was gonna get dethroned that day and he didn't <laughs> so that whole exchange just like bringing him up there and how Gary kind of respected what he did on Jeopardy, but also the respect coming from James as a Cubs fan. Like he felt the same way I felt when I got in there and it it was really cool to see. And now James is on the Jeopardy tournament of champions, which is doing better ratings than college basketball these days. So he's a pretty popular dude out here and and it, it was really cool to work with both of them together.
1: I just remember watching, um, when I keep going back to social media night, but I, you know, of course watch that video a few times just to get all of my friends, be able to see all of my friends in there. And when you did the Crawley versus Gary Pressy, I thought that was really cool too, because you got to see Crawley's raw reaction to, to going up there and, and going head to head with Gary Pressy. I can't imagine that was anything short of amazing. So, um, I just love that
0: moment. Yeah, too. it's you crazy. Tell, because Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sorry, sorry for cutting you off, but I guess Crawley and and Gary had, like, a prior, you know, they knew each other before then because of some, like, hockey rink that Crawley used to play at, and, like, Gary (laughs) used to play music there, and I kind of, like, my jaw dropped. I was like, Crawley is literally everywhere, and now he's, like, had, (laughs) had Gary play the organ for him at, like, some... Random hockey rink, it, it was that's crazy. True. So there was a lot of really serious Cubs energy in the room that day, and and I, I felt really, I was happy for Crawley because I knew how much he wanted to be up there and get to see Gary. And Crawley actually beat Gary. Well, not beat him, he tied him. But that was like the closest thing. That's we a had. win, though.
1: That's a win. If you tie yeah. Gary Pressy, that's a win.
2: <laughs> right. He went home with the uh the signed baseball. So he's the only one that got a prize from uh, Stretch Your Knowledge so far. So. Any Cubs fans out there, you got to step your game up because uh we're looking for winners and we haven't had one yet so <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Crawley's probably going to get another chance at CubsCon. He is always front and center for that. I was going to bother you about how to get more Wilson Contreras content on the Cubs YouTube channel, but it sounds like we're on the same page there. So, I think instead Okay, wait. Can
2: I drop a can I drop a fun fact?
0: Yes, please.
2: Okay, so Wilson Contreras gets his haircut by the same barber as I do. But I met this guy. He's one of my close friends. He started cutting my hair when I was 16 years old. And he, through friends of friends, now cuts Wilson Contreras's hair. So I'm going to be pitching yeah. an idea of, like, barbershop, you know, like, not confessions, but kind of just like a, a banter kind of yes. thing. I love you that. We can go in there and just talk. So um, maybe we'll see it. if we can get that one off the ground this year. That was So awesome. here
0: for it. Yeah, we'll repeat it all day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, so that answers my question. I know how to get more Wilson Contreras content on the Cubs YouTube channel. Now we <laughs> need to take a quick break for our sponsors, but there's a lot more Cup of Cubby Blue coming up after the break. Michael is going to stick with us. We have a lot of baseball news to cover. It has actually been a busy week, even though the Cubs aren't really making tons of moves. Uh, But hang with <laughs> us. First, a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. And we are back. Okay, so I'm going to jump right in with the biggest news of the week. Uh, The Astros' sign-stealing penalties came down. For readers who may not have been paying too close of attention since this wasn't a Cubs story, um, the A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luno were both given year-long suspensions. They were subsequently fired by Astro manager Jim Crane. The... Uh, Astros owed a $5 million fine, which doesn't sound like a lot of money, but apparently it's the largest fine that's allowable under MLB arrangements. Brandon Tobman, the assistant general manager who was let go during the World Series, um, has been placed on MLB's ineligible list. And the Astros lost their first and second round draft picks for the next two seasons. Is this too much? Is this not enough? What do you think, Andy and Michael? I'll let Michael go first. Guess first.
2: Uh, Um. I don't I don't know if it's enough. I this is a really tough one for me because I got to play through high school. I played in college. I played one year of independent pro ball in the Frontier League. And I would steal the signs, but it would literally be because we picked up a sign from the catcher and we would relay them on the field. That's been a part of the game for centuries. And people have been doing that. But if you're using technology, like, if you have a camera pointed at the catcher and you're relaying the signs, it just takes so much out of the integrity of the game. Like, we're not – I'm curious to see how some of these Astros hitters hit this year now that they're basically going to be done with this sign-stealing thing. Like, is Jose Altuve, who I love, or Alex Bregman going to be a 330 hitter without this kind of help that they've been getting for the last couple seasons? So we're going to learn a lot about what's really going on there. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's enough. You know, they got fired because Jim Crane wanted to get from out of this whole story and it's going to follow them forever. So good on them for not even waiting any longer to fire those guys. Um, but $5 million, like Garrett Cole made $5 million since we started this podcast. So like, (laughs) I, I don't know how much, like they need to change that rule because these teams have so much money. I mean, after you win a world series, you bring in a lot of revenue And 5 million bucks isn't enough to me. Um, The draft picks is where they're really going to get hurt, I guess, because if you're losing draft picks for two years, first and second round picks, those are guys that you're projecting are going to be a part of your roster, you know, your major league roster for a long, long time. So we'll see if that really hurts them, but I think they could have done more. I'm not sure what that looks like. You know, I've, thought of like crazy things. Like maybe they start every game down to nothing when the game starts or something. I don't know. They could have gone off the walls and did something like that, but I think they could have done a little more.
0: Yeah. I heard somebody suggest, I think it was on Twitter or maybe on Facebook that the Astros should have to tell the batter what every pitch is coming in. I was like, that would be insanity. Obviously (laughs) obviously not going to happen, but much more like of a tip for tap for what they actually did I agree with you. It's going to be really interesting to see which players this affects the most. I think I'm more confident that a Jose Altuve is probably the real deal, but there were a lot of players whose strikeout rates like magically declined from 2016 to 2017 for the Astros. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they keep that up. I I guess I should also mention that um, the Red Sox have preemptively agreed to part ways was the exact wording of the press release with manager Alex Cora who was named throughout this report. Um, It remains to be seen what Cora's punishment will be, although he sort of recognizes the architect of this scandal. And so uh, there's a lot of speculation that he will get a harsher penalty than what either Hinch or Luno got. Andy, what do you think? I know that this one really fires you up. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: This is, there's so much here, you know, I mean, We kind of talked about last week how it would feel to be a Dodgers fan right now. And I kind of keep putting myself in those shoes because I'm angry about the whole thing, but I'm not like, you know, burning mad. And if I was a Dodgers fan, I think I would probably be very upset. But I think the biggest issue right now and probably going forward is How many more teams are there going to be rumors about or, you know, what kind of numbers are we going to see decline this year? Because now, you know, people are watching for things. They're, you know, going to be a little bit more suspicious of inflated numbers in certain categories, things like that. I mean, I just feel like this is going to be something that's going to carry over into the season. We're going to hear it throughout. Somebody has horrible, away, home splits, you know, there's going to be speculation on, well, you know, of course not, because maybe they're stealing signs at home, blah, blah, blah. Um, Another thing I brought up today was this article, and I think you retweeted it, Sarah. I know I did. Um, This article on MLB by Matt Kelly, where he talks about the best hitters versus each pitch type. Well, I mean, this is literally right next to the article about the Astros hitters having the advantage by cheating and there's Astros hitters on this list so like stuff like that you you kind of wonder how legitimate is that how you know how much can we actually look at that and and consider them the best of the league when it has already been a proven thing that the Astros hitters were stealing signs and Couldn't agree with Michael more about, you know, the difference between actually stealing signs on the field and um, using technology. Nowadays, if you look majorly every level, I mean, you see it in college softball, you see it in major leagues everybody wears those wristbands with you see like the flap open up and it's basically the play chart or the, um, the des- defensive alignment or the pitching sequence that could be coming or anything that is a cheat sheet. And that's basically, so if they have to flip their signs, everybody knows where they're at. So those things are all like, you know, there's, there's things in place to to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen. And when you start using technology, that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole other issue. So hopefully this gets cleaned up and it's something that we don't hear a ton more about, but I just think, I think we're going to, there probably is going to be more. We probably are going to hear, you know, more rumors about different teams and that sort of thing. So I'm glad they came down with what they did. I don't feel like, I mean, at this point I feel like it's enough. Now, if it were a team that were in our division or somebody that we played a lot that it affected my team more, then I probably oh, would want more.
0: <laughs> I was going to say the Brewers,
1: but go yeah, on. Yeah, I, I was getting there. I was getting there. Um, I would definitely want more. But I think for as far as this is concerned, I think this is appropriate. And I definitely expect Alex Cora to be banned for life.
0: I, I do not expect Alex Cora to be banned for really? life. I actually think it would be out of like the scale what Hinch and Luno got would be so disproportionate if Cora somehow got banned for life that it would really bother me I think that that would be a fundamentally disproportionate punishment for Cora I fully expect Cora to get like a two-year suspension I feel like it's pretty clear that he was more in on the scheme that he was kind of the architect of it that he um brought it from the Astros to the Red Sox although frankly like if you're given a Red Sox team and you're walking orders are you have to beat the Astros and you know the Astros are cheating I I, I almost feel a little bad for him there like he kind of has to do it um <laughs> but the I, I want to go back to one thing that you were talking about Andy beyond the Cora thing because I think we can definitely debate what is going to happen to Alex Cora the Dodgers <laughs> released the following statement <laughs> that,
2: uh, that so and good. I honestly
0: just like I have to read it out loud because I just I, I, my heart goes out to the Dodgers. They're not anywhere near one of my favorite teams, but this was so, my heart broke for them. Quote, all clubs have been asked by Major League Baseball not to comment on today's punishment of the Houston Astros as it's inappropriate to comment on discipline imposed by an, on another club. The Dodgers have also been asked not to comment on any wrongdoing during the 2017 World <laughs> Series and will have no farther comment at this time. And, <laughs> Dodgers fans... 2017 and 2018. I can't even imagine. I feel for you.
2: Yeah, did you two
0: did really, you see the great
2: really really stuff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Michael, right? Like great series, great series. <laughs> yeah, they went to Game Seven
2: in, against the, the the Astros. Like, if if they were cheating and they got all the way to Game Seven, like, that's crazy to me. That like, I just I just feel so bad because. I know I have a friend who's a diehard Dodgers fan. She went to every single game, literally went to and from Houston. And now it's just like, she's heartbroken. And I would feel the same way because you spend so much money to watch these games. And you're assuming that you're seeing a clean game on the field. And then you find out that if these guys weren't stealing signs, you know, things could have been different. I don't know if they win the series necessarily, but if you went to game seven, like you had a chance to close them out and, I don't know. There's so many plays in that series that that I have questions about because a lot of people pile on Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. And I think that after 16, when we kind of got to him here in Wrigley, you know, he kind of got the monkey off his back that playoff series. And then he gets to the World Series and he gets shelled. But he also shoved in Game 7 at Dodger Stadium through four scoreless innings. So when he started at Minute Maid Park, it was probably because – you know, he probably got rocked because he was getting his sign stolen. So there's so much, so many levels to it that it's just like, it's heartbreaking. I couldn't imagine how I'd feel two years in a row. Now these two exact teams are getting busted for cheating. Like it's a lot of money to invest uh, in, in tickets and all that to find out that, you know, it might be kind of tainted.
0: Well, and beyond that, and then Andy, I want to go back to you. Cause I know you had something to jump in with there too. I mean, this, probably cost you darvish what 30 million dollars
2: like, you darvish
0: had to become <laughs> a free point. agent after he got totally shelled in the world series and everybody thought he was just broken as a pitcher and couldn't pitch in a big game
2: well and the, the other part of that that people don't realize is he was you know it was he was broken mentally he thought right. he was making great pitches and you know he kind of had this like You know, egg on his face look where he was like, I don't know what I was doing. I was making good pitches and good sequences that, you know, in the past had worked and they just got me because I remember when he had his presser here, uh, when he was signed to the Cubs, he was like, you know, I had to shake off the the World Series thing, but I want to be, you know, a better pitcher. You know, that kind of maybe cost us. He goes back to the drawing board and starts changing things mechanically that, you know, might not even have been that. It might have been just people stealing his signs and, you know, messing up, you know, messing with his mental. Like, there's so many layers to it. I hate it so much.
1: Um, another thing to think about that, too, is as Cubs fans who now we are looking to you, Darvish, to possibly fill in that um you know major dominant pitching role that we're in need of this year where would he be right now if they weren't stealing signs like would he have been dominant would they have won the world series would he still be a dodger like there's just so many what ifs it's just kind of crazy but i wanted to reference um you darvish has quickly become a twitter um god i mean he's just amazing with some of the (laughs) stuff that he puts out there and he's so witty and he's so intelligent and well spoken and he's just kind of out there like and he doesn't mind but he was he's um said basically asked the Dodgers if if he would be invited to the parade if they were having one for the 2017 World Series <laughs> and it was so great his wife came back and kind of retweeted him and said you know everybody says so i'm paraphrasing something along the lines of everybody says you know well what if but I tend to think of it as that moment, that game, that experience helped make him the man he is today and I'm like what a, what what a great outlook I mean, and he and that's the thing like he has mentally, I feel like he has totally like redeemed himself and repaired himself, and he's such you know he's such a great guy and somebody that I'm excited that is a cub this year because we need to be excited about something. But that was just such a great way to look at that. Like, he could be – he could look back and just be so pissed off and be angry and be like – to kind of, you know, make a joke about that, make light of it when we all know that that was obviously a point of, you know, severe distraught for him. So, you know, cool cool on him. Good on him to, for that.
0: No, I totally agree with you. There's so many different uh, contingencies here. You know, I, I never feel bad for Yankees fans, but my brother – texted me earlier this week and was kind of like, you know, the Yankees lost to the Astros and the Red Sox in the playoffs. Da, 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 da. And and look, the Yankees don't need any more rings, but they're another team that probably um, feels a little bit slighted here. I mean, there's this great image where the Astros walked off the Yankees on like a a Rallis Chapman 102 mile per hour fastball or something. And Rawless Chapman just looks dumbfounded that it happened. And you've got to wonder <laughs> If part of that was the sign stealing scandal, and, and and that's and that's the rub, like we'll never know what Michael said is true. You spend all this money in it on it. You want it to be fair. The only way baseball can possibly matter is if the games are fair, and things like this call that into question. I think it's terrible.
2: So yeah, I just wanted to jump in and and talk a little about a little bit about the idea that sports gambling is going to be legal in a lot of states here in the next few years. I think that's one of the the key things when, when major league baseball is making these decisions on how to, to police this and, you know, now we're going to be talking about it forever, you know, there's going to be apps where you can bet on, you know, will the next pitch be a strike? Will it be a fastball? Will it, you know, will it be a base hit? And if you have any, 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 any thoughts that people are cheating, like that's going to change a lot. And like, people are going to be making money. So these cameras are going to be on delays and, whatnot and you know this is something that I think that Major League Baseball was considering when you know these punishments came out and I think that's probably part of the reason why it took so long because they have to get out in front of this and that's why I think that they probably could have done a little more in terms of you know how harsh these punishments are because there's a whole nother variable that's on the way and I think that could get pretty scary you know MLB has a a history of you know, Shoeless Joe Jackson and Pete Rose and all these things that, you know, people never forget about. You know, we're still talking about things like that. So in order for them to get on the right side of this, I think some of these penalties, you know, Cora's, I think, could set a real nice precedent if he was the mastermind like we've been speaking about because we just can't have it. And the way that the way that technology is advancing so rapidly, like it, they've really got a nip this in the bud right now.
0: You hadn't even thought about the gambling angle. Andy, what do you think about that? I I think that changes the game a little bit, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Because that's not gambling anymore. You know, that's it. it, There's human, human issue there that they are changing the game and they're um, I mean, there, and there are so many things wrong with that. People are, you know, wagering money on the outcome of a game or a pitch or a strike or a hit or, you know, what a player goes for the game, you know, two for four, one for five, whatever. And all of a sudden you start incorporating these things that humans are actually making sure what happens in that game. Then, yeah, like Michael said, that's a huge issue that all of a sudden that becomes something that folks will not touch because, you know, people are determining where their money goes before they even, gamble with it so I yeah I don't like that at all that's a whole nother angle that could get really ugly for sports in general if they don't you know drop the hammer on these guys that are doing stuff like this and and you know again stuff like this is gonna come out and I think uh, there's gonna be i I've read a couple places you know the more disgruntled players they are they maybe aren't getting extensions offered or aren't you know things aren't going their way we may hear a lot more stuff leaked who knows um but yeah the the gambling side of things could make it really interesting and could definitely um make major league baseball in in this instance want want to make sure that you know it's swift and fast and and severe so that this is not an issue going forward
0: absolutely i'm gonna switch tracks here a little bit um Holy Nolan Arenado rumors everywhere. We talked about this a little bit on the last episode because there were some weird rumors out there about like, oh, the Cubs could make a move for Nolan Arenado and Chris Bryant could still play center field. And, And those got walked back pretty quick. But in the last week, it looks like the new rumor that does have a little bit more staying power is the Cardinals. I mean, that would be a huge move for the Cardinals who also just made a big move for a new pitching arm earlier this week. Let's start with Nolan Arenado and the Cardinals. Andy, you live in St. Louis. <laughs> what do you think of this?
1: Okay. I know you guys get hear- tired of hearing me say stuff like this, but this is my freaking nightmare. Like, is this seriously <laughs> going to happen? Like, this is so bad, you guys. I mean, and the funny part is, I mean, it's not funny. It's like funny, haha. But people around me are like, you can tell they're tiptoeing around asking me about it, and they want to know what I think about it, but almost like in a smug way, you know, like "ha ha, we're gonna get Arenado" type thing. I don't yeah. know. I think, I think, um, you know, I, I follow Jeff Passan; he's one of the few people I have on alert on Twitter, and he did a, a very informative tweet today that kind of made me chuckle a little bit because I know um every fan base has them but i feel like there is an abundance of them here in st louis where i live as soon as any fans get wind of something like this they run with it and all of a sudden it's a done deal and they're the best team in the whole world and they have the most championships in all of the land and blah 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 you know where i'm getting at here but he Mm kind of i don't want to say he walked it back but he definitely was like yes they've talked no nothing is happening it's not as serious as you guys think it is that sort of thing. And I really like appreciated that about him today because I needed that. And I almost <laughs> retweeted it. Cause I, I do have quite a few folks from in St. Louis that follow me and that are Cardinals fans. And, um, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to come off, come off as, as that person. And, you know, I just don't know. I don't, I love it, but I don't, you know, because I mean, it's, it something has got to make the Cubs feel some sense of urgency And if the past two seasons has not done that, you know, maybe something like this would, I don't know. I I just, this whole, there's no money and we're not doing anything thing. It it becomes even more frustrating when you see teams like the Cardinals make huge trades for a name like Nolan Arenado. Like that is just, it's alarming to me and it's kind of scary. And you know, you, I don't want to see that happen, but at the same time, what control do we have, we kind of have to sit back and watch it happen and hope that we can do something about it.
2: Yeah, I I think that it, it is really scary. You know, I, I was one of the people that, you know, I left the bar one night when I found out that Paul Goldschmidt was going to be on the Cardinals, and <laughs> that was that was a nightmare. Um, if they get Nolan Arenado, that would be an enormous move for their franchise, and I don't have anything nice to say about Cardinals fans, so I really hope <laughs> that he doesn't end up there. I hope that he sits down with his wife and and says, or his girlfriend, whatever, and says, do you really want to live in St. Louis for the rest of our lives? Cause (laughs) I would probably, if I was the wife, I'd be like, hell no. Like Denver is awesome. Like, why don't we go somewhere else? Like LA or Chicago? I I don't know. I would be really, really upset if that happens. Um, But like you said, you know, Jeff Passan said that there's not really likes to it, which is really nice to hear. And, you know, I, I was at a wedding over this past weekend, and I saw that report um, about Nolan Arenado tech, you know, potentially being part of a trade package to the Cubs and moving Bryant to center field. And I was really excited for a second, but then as I got, you know, dug in a little bit, I'm like, it, it would take a ton um, to make that happen. One thing to look for, though, is, you know, uh, Josh Donaldson signed with the Twins today. So I believe that the Braves are going to need uh, a third baseman here and a cleanup hitter, and they have a lot of prospects, so I could see that being somewhere that he might be enticing. That's not in our division. It's in our league. But anything to keep him off, you know, out of a Cardinals jersey, I'm for. You know, I w- I don't care where he goes. just He just can't go there.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I obviously agree with all of that. I will say that uh, the Nolan Arenado rumors – had me running to fangrafts to look at his home and away splits. And look, he's a different hitter in course field than he is on the road. And, and it's not like he's a bad hitter on the road, but he's kind of like Yelich, Yelich's home and away splits. And then at course field, his ops is like over a thousand and away it's like 866. So I'm not saying that he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. He's still an above-average bat away from course field, but it's it's unclear that he would be quite the offensive threat um, that he has been with the Rockies in St. Louis. It's also, I will say this, it would be a huge defensive upgrade for the Cardinals at third base if he were to go there. So we're going to keep our eyes on these Cardinals rumors and hope that nothing comes of them. That would be a pricey package though. I mean, and and I, I want to kind of move to a diff- the other move that the Cardinals made. Uh, they traded for one of the Rays' top pitching prospects, I think I'm saying this right, a guy named Liberator. Um, mm-hmm. really solid arm. And in order to get him and uh, another uh, prospect, a catching prospect, I believe, they gave up two players with MLB experience. They gave up Jose Martinez, who has been a really solid bat for them. He profiles more of a, more as a DH. He's not a great outfielder. Um, they also gave up Randy Orzarena, and I, I have some Cardinals fans who were like so relieved that Harrison Bader didn't go in that deal, and I was just like, <laughs> "Orzarena is better." I, you gave up a much better player than Harrison Bader. Anyway, I'm,
1: I'm, ch- I'm giggling at your Harrison Bader tweet earlier because that was fantastic.
0: I mean, he's just not a very good. Hitter, he's like an—he's a good defensive center fielder, and he's kind of fast when he doesn't get thrown out on the base paths by Wilson Contreras and Kyle Schwarber. But he also has a case of the Jim Edmonds. <laughs> Michael knows exactly which clips I'm talking about because he edited them for the YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is so great! I, no,
1: I always say that Harrison Bader has a case of the Jim Edmonds, and I—I I don't know if—if if, I don't know that I've ever referred to that before, but. Jim Edmonds would always unnecessarily dough for things and like a Um, ridiculous like shoestring catch that he could have made on both feet. He would do some stupid dive roll thing. And Harrison Mm -hmm. Bader does that quite a bit. Like he, I think he was like, I mean, a good four feet, almost like Marcelo Azuna also, a good four feet away from a ball in center field that he dove for and missed, and it rolled all the way to the wall. And I want to say it was against San Diego. I happened to be there with my company. And whoever it was, I think, got a stand-up triple, almost ended up scoring on it. It was rather hilarious. But So that's why I say it's he has a case of Jim Edmonds. He, he dives unnecessarily, and I
0: think it's obnoxious.
2: He wants to be a yeah, hero I, all the time.
0: <laughs> oh totally I, I think we we fundamentally all agree that Harrison Bader is a very annoying Cardinal I, I just take solace in the fact <laughs> that he's also not a particularly good hitter like, he's just, yeah he's a I, I don't average know what average purpose he serves
2: really maybe he's just like a great clubhouse guy I have no idea
0: <laughs> 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 Um, but I will say this if the price for a admittedly, very high-level prospect pitching arm is two players with MLB experience, one of whom is a pretty solid outfield prospect. That tells me that if the Cubs want to move on a Schwarber trade or a Chris Bryant trade or, God forbid, a Wilson Contreras trade, their prices should be very high. Like Those prices should include MLB-ready talent and prospect patches packages, and if they don't, we're done here. Like there's no reason to make a move for a package that doesn't match up to what the market seems to be willing to bear.
2: I a hundred percent agree with that. I think that, you know, that's the reality of the business. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, that you're in an obligation to, to listen to trade offers and what you can do though, knowing if you got a guy who is on the cusp and Wilson of being an MVP level talent. And you have a guy who's already won an MVP in Chris Bryant. And then you have a guy in Schwarber who's probably gonna hit thirty-five home runs every year for the next five, you have to be getting a King's ransom or you don't even you know, you don't even pick up the phone. Like text me what the thing's gonna be, and if it's not even close, like we're not even talking.
1: Can I, I wanna jump in real quick because I just read something. Had you guys heard this that we signed Jason Adam? It says source Cubs in agreement with free agent reliever Jason Adam 2.91 ERA and 21.2 innings pitch with Blue Jays last season physical is complete and a couple of our favorite people have retweeted this and said things like big arm big upside minimal risk so I mean I, I guess it'll be interesting to see what the number is on that but there, there's there's something
0: <laughs> I mean hey so- we got a deal. <laughs> I, so wait, Andy, let me let me be clear because I'm not on my Cubs Twitter at the moment. I actually just pulled up Adam's okay. fan graphs page so that I can okay. try to say something intelligent here. But um, is this an actual ma- major league signing? Is this the Cubs' first major league signing or is this like a partial minor league deal and the Cubs still haven't actually made a ma- major league signing? I mean, what I read to you is all <laughs> that I see right now.
1: So I, don't, I can't actually answer that in um, full confidence that it is a major league deal, but it would sound that way. Sarah, I don't know what they sound like anymore. I don't know what they feel like anymore.
0: (laughs) I don't know if I would even know if it smacked me in the face. What is a major deal? What does the tweet look like? (laughs) (laughs) i become blue listeners want to know.
2: All I know (laughs) off the top of my head about Jason Adam is he's a hard-throwing righty. And I'm trying to open up my Twitter now and and see if I can get some more information. But it sounds like a pro deal. I, I have no idea why he would spend any time in the majors. But I do think I, you know, I like it. I think you, you have an opportunity to, you know, you sign Jarrell Cotton, Ryan Tapera, these guys that you know are are low risk, you know, high upside guys. When you have guys like Kimbrell and Ron Wick and and Kyle Ryan, like if we can get a good mesh out there where where we're not really just like flipping coins to see whose arm is okay for the night, I think this is good. You know, I think that they want to spend money elsewhere, so they're taking flyers on guys that you know are fringe guys with with high upside i love it
0: this this guy's vip gives me a lot of pause but it's only over like 20 innings so i'm not gonna panic too much about it I, I can't tell if this would be a major league or minor league deal or not i mean he spent time in the minors both in 2018 and in 2019 so it's possible this is a split deal but cubs fans that is news we actually have <laughs> some news <laughs> breaking here on cubby cubby blue we should ring a bell or something yeah (laughs) i know i i don't have a sound effect sorry you've got to come back now michael you make news on the podcast that's the way it goes um perfect in addition to jason adam welcome to the north side of chicago the cubs have did sign all of their arbitration eligible players they were almost all spot on with the mlb trade rumors Uh, estimates within like $100,000 or so, with two exceptions. Javier Baez signed for about $700,000 more than he was projected to go for from MLB trade rumors. Interestingly, Kyle Schwarber signed for about $810,000 less than he was projected to go for. Um, What do people think of the Cubs arbitration signings? And is there anything we can read in these tea leaves?
2: I guess I'll jump in. I I think the Javi thing is, is warranted. He's probably our best player all around. Um, I think he'll probably be the first to be extended. I hope that happens soon. Um, So no surprise there for me, for Schwarber getting less. I think this might be Schwarber's prove it year. Um, You know, we've had good success with him. He had one major injury missed most of the season became a folk hero Had a solid year last year. Um, But, you know, with the idea that we're still waiting to see if the DH is going to be a thing in both leagues, like, I know that that's probably one reason why we're just holding on for dear life because he's better in the outfield, but he doesn't project, he projects more as a DH. Um, You know, I could see him maybe. Playing first base somewhere. Um, he was a catcher. You know, he came up as a catcher, so I think that's something that he could be taught pretty easily if he didn't play there, you know, in the past. Um, so yeah, I think that they kind of want him to prove this year that his defensive metrics are gonna be on par, if not better. And then can he put up another 38, 39, and then maybe eclipse 40 home run season to warrant having to extend him as well. The problem with having all these guys come up at the same time is there's just not enough money to get everyone extended. And I say that knowing that there is because every team has you know unlimited funds, in my opinion. But when you look at the business side of it, it is really tough to, to sign all these guys in the same season. So they're going to have to get creative with maybe they sign Javi to an extension in the middle of the season if they can work that out. You know, and it, it, a lot of it comes down to will the agents negotiate during the season? Does does the player not want to have to deal with that? You know, they're free to to make that decision on their own. But it is nice to have them all locked up for this year. I think they are all getting the money that they deserve at this point. I think Javi obviously deserves his extension. I think Chris should get an extension, but we're still waiting on the, the service time grievance, so we've got to wait that out to see if he becomes a free agent you know, next year, as opposed to 2021.
0: The service time grievance uh, is actually the most annoying thing ever. I cannot believe this is not resolved yet. And it's impossible for the Cubs to really see what his trade value would be. And I'm not saying that I want the Cubs to trade Chris Bryant. Y'all know that I am only on that train if the return is so ridiculous and obscene that the Cubs can't say (laughs) no to it. But how is it that this thing has been hanging out there since 2015 and we're a month from pitchers and catchers reporting, and nothing. Like we hear nothing. I think so I was I two old that when it is... started. <laughs> what, was that? what was that,
1: Andy? I said I think I was two when it started.
2: <laughs> like this. Is well, the crazy thing is, we've we've had f- five five World Series champions in this time. We've had two people get fired from their jobs for world series champion managers so the idea that a a scandal went down in two places and had been like ruled upon and this service time grievance has been going on for five seasons like they gotta get this done man because it's not right to chris it's not right to the to the agent to the club why it's taking so long
0: well and he's far from the only player that teams did that with I mean I can't remember all of them off the top of my head right now but there have been a bunch of call-ups Vlad Guerrero Jr. comes immediately to mind uh Fernando Mm -hmm. Tatis like there there were some players who was kind of like hey what's holding these guys back and she's like oh I don't know I guess their defense isn't ready or whatever which (laughs) everybody knew what that meant those players are all implicated if anything happens with that service time agreement. I just kind of find it wild that we've had like six scandals about the baseball itself and multiple physicists pulling the ball apart and being able to tell us what happened with it. And nobody can decide on this service time agreement. (laughs) It's like, what?
2: Yeah, it's bad.
0: All right, we were just talking about Javier Baez and his awesomeness. So I'm gonna end this podcast on my favorite note of the week, which is that we have two new pieces of statistical information. One of them, Andy alluded to, earlier involves Wilson Contreras and one of which involves Javier Baez. Um, The article she was talking about where Astros players were shown as having really great uh, results against certain pitches also includes the following tidbit, which is my favorite piece of news from the week, which is that Wilson Contreras has the highest WOBA against curveballs in Major League Baseball. And it is not particularly close, people. Wilson Contreras is out here mashing (laughs) curveballs. And like, absolutely destroying them, and I am here for it. What do we think of Wilson Contreras, curveball killer? I think he's a world-class
1: athlete that is damn good at his job.
2: <laughs> That's good. That's good. Because I, like
1: <laughs> I don't like where other people were taking that when I, because they made reference to that after I posted the article questioning why the Red Sox or the Houston Astros players were on there. So don't question him. Don't question him. Don't question Wilson Contreras. He, is, he yeah, is good at his job.
2: He seems like the guy that he was just a stud from birth, right? Like, him and Javi, I guess you could say. Like, he, he was just destined to be this great baseball player. And it, it's inane. Like, you know, some people just have it. And you know, I, I hit curveballs pretty well, you know, throughout my time playing. I hated facing changeups because in the same arm slot, it's just so impossible to tell. But, yeah, he he obviously sees spin well, and it doesn't really surprise me. I I would like to know how many catchers, you know, if you put a bunch of, like, the best catchers, like what their numbers are like on curveballs and other off-speed pitches because I see so much of them that, you know, their eyes trained a little different. So, but, I mean, Wilson's a stud. He's got the perfect launch angle and swing to hit curveballs out. He loves the ball down low, which is kind of rare for a, a, a catcher of his stature. To so like balls down in the dirt, you know, he kind of golfs them out of here, but he hits the ball with authority and, and he's got a great bat path to to get to those spinners. So I don't see that changing. You know, I, I hope he's the best curveball hitter for the next five years for the Cubs. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised at all.
0: Yeah, and I you know, I actually saw there was a note in that article about how much he'd improved on curveballs. And frankly, everything I know about Wilson Contreras tells me that he probably looked at hundreds of pitches to improve that he's just he's known to be a workhorse he spends a lot of time uh training he spends a lot of time doing informational work with his pitchers I just I mean I I understand why people jump to that conclusion it's gonna suck for the next few years for everybody to take every great stat and be like oh well was that sign stealing or what are they doing at Wrigley or whatever I don't think that we have any evidence that anything like that happened I think this is just good news for Cubs fans And that's my final word on Wilson Contreras. The other metric (laughs) that came out this week, which I'm also super excited about, we finally have proof that Javier Baez is the best fielder in baseball. And I have been waiting for this day because it is a ridiculous shame that that man not even doesn't have a gold glove, but has never been nominated. (laughs) And I really need whoever's in charge of gold and platinum gloves to like fix this. That would be Rawlings yeah. Sports, and they're located <laughs> in St. Louis, Missouri.
1: <laughs> well, this explains oh, wow. a lot about Colton Mike, wrong. I'm,
2: color me shocked. All
1: right, right? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, hobby's you the
2: best, and it's not oh, close. Go,
0: yeah. Michael, one second. For those of you who haven't checked this out, the metric is called outs above average, and it's really cool. It kind of looks at you know whether or not a player is making a play to their left or to their right that another average outfielder wouldn't make and Javier Baez is not just like the best shortstop at this he is literally the best defender the best infield defender in baseball and I believe he's like one out above average away from being the best infield or outfield defender in baseball so we all knew it but it's nice to like know it know it you know I had to laugh, though,
1: the other day because I heard, um, I was listening to St. Louis Sports Radio for the first time in a very long time because I was kind of over them for a while. And I had them on, and they were talking about this particular article that came out and the folks that were in it. Of course, they were talking about it because they were discussing the Arenado trade rumors. And um, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said, oh, well, you know, I think he's number two behind only Javier Baez and like said it really quiet, like like just mumbled his way through it. And I just <laughs> shook my head and turned it off. And I was like, that is why I don't listen to St. Louis sports radio anymore. <laughs> like, Give the man some credit guys. He is an amazing baseball player, no matter what Jersey he wears. And, and everybody needs to recognize that.
0: I mean, the positional flexibility the that Javier Baez shows, and frankly that some of these other players show too, I challenge anyone to find me another catcher who can make web gem plays in right field because Wilson Contreras yeah. can. <laughs> no other team has that.
1: The, the one thing that I wanted to um, just kind of um, look into my crystal ball and we can thank our friend Al Yellen for this, for planting the seed in my mind. I'm hoping fingers crossed um, all this talk about Javi Baez that maybe just maybe they decide to surprise us this year and give us some huge announcement of Javi's extension at CubsCon. Like I need something big. This is my first one. I need, I need a big one. I need something. So maybe I'm hoping something is announced this weekend. I know it's not unheard of, but it is a long shot. So I'm just, I'm putting it into the universe and maybe we can make it happen.
0: I mean, I am totally here for contract announcements at CubsCon. I don't remember one happening in the t- years I've gone. That doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, But, yeah, I would definitely be here for that. If the Cubs make a huge contract announcement at CubsCon, we will be talking about it next week on Cup of Cubby Blue. New and improved for next week. Andy and I are going to record in the same space. (laughs) I'm so nervous about this, by the way. No, it's going to work. It's going to be fine, which we haven't done before. So we're going to see how that goes. But Andy is coming to stay with me on Thursday night, and we're going to let you all know what we were thinking about CubsCon before she heads back to St. Louis to listen to bad sports radio there. Um, <laughs> seriously, Michael, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of cup of cubby blue. Awesome. So you can find Michael at, at, Mike, Alex bowling. You can find me at, at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find Andy at BRYZ underscore blue. You can find all of us this week at, at cup of cubby blue and at CubsCon and then unconventional. Make sure that you are subscribed so you never miss an episode and we look forward to talking about Cubs news and notes next week. Bye.